You are listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. You're with the Irish Illustrated staff today of Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley previewing Notre Dame versus Virginia. Notre Dame installed as an 11-point favorite. Initially, it's now up to 11.5. I find that to be an interesting line, Tim, especially that also the over-under at 50.5, so they're projecting a lower-scoring game. You wonder how much that line was influenced by the performance at Georgia, the 23-17 loss. Notre Dame uh, obviously performed very well. And Virginia is 4-0. They've had to come back a few times, including last weekend, from a 17-0 deficit against Old Dominion. But they are stout defensively and very aggressive up front. And I think it's kind of an interesting, for me right now, a difficult matchup to project. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a low-scoring game as well. I agree with that. Uh, I have to eat my words from last week saying it wouldn't be a low-scoring game in the end. But I really, without Notre Dame's running game, I don't think you count on them for more than four touchdowns, you know. And just logically speaking, in about a 13-possession game. And uh, I think Notre Dame's defense, as long as they're focused, which they should be, will handle Virginia's offense. I like pieces of Virginia's offense, but I like pieces of Virginia's defense a lot more than I like pieces yeah, of Virginia's offense. I, I, yeah, I think the, the, the defense is the most problematic, especially for a Notre Dame offense that's trying to find its footing with the running game. Uh, Bryce Perkins, their quarterback, is problematic. He's a big guy. He's very elusive. He's an he's an athlete playing quarterback. You'll see some throws that aren't very pretty, yeah. but he is completing 65% of his passes. So what he does is that he creates room, space for himself, and then is able to make shorter, easy throws on the run. He's not very good throwing the football going to his left, but when he gets out of the pocket, he's very elusive within the pocket. He creates some passing situations. Yeah, I thought Florida State's plan of pushing him left was working great for two and a half quarters, and then he's not pushing him left a little bit, yeah. but he just started making plays. You know, after watching Jake Fromm, I'm starting to want Notre Dame to face the athlete playing quarterback that can kind of throw. <laughs> he couldn't run, but man, those balls were dropped where they needed yeah. to be. Notre Dame, I mean, he dropped in two beautiful touchdowns that Notre Dame broke up. In Tariq Bracey and Sean Crawford. The touchdown pass was gorgeous. The third down, back shoulder against Pride, was impossible to defend. I will take some uh, occasional spying and broken rushing lanes, I think, this no, week. No no doubt. I thought, and it took me a second time to look at the tape of it or the recording of the game, what a great play that was by Tariq Bracey to blank yes. it up. Because yeah. it, it was textbook. The pass was there, and it was caught, and he brought his hands through the through the breadbasket, I guess, so to speak, and, and and knocked it away. So he had a good game, Tariq Bracey had a really good game as an aside. But uh, getting back to Virginia, Bronco Mendenhall, the, the head coach, uh, defensive coach by trade, when he was at Brigham Young, he was 6-6 six and six in his first year, and after that he won 43 games in the next four years, won two games his first year of Virginia, six his second year, eight his third year, and he's now 4-0. So we, we see what... Bronco Mendenhall is capable of doing, and his defense is unique in that to just call it aggressive would would be an understatement. It's an ultra-aggressive attacking from the back end and everywhere else. Uh, They run a 3-4. Any one of those eight guys on the back end, he'll he'll send them, uh, which forces your offensive line, your offensive front, and your running backs. It's going to be another big day for Tony Jones Jr. as a blocker. Um, to be sound in that department, but it does open up the potential for some big plays as well. Yeah, I think the the respect I have for Mendenhall, what he does defensively, is mitigated a little by Notre Dame's playmakers. I think if you go back to a 2013 solid Notre Dame team, I'd be picking Notre Dame to score about 17 points 
in this game, a team that can't run great, can't pass great, but has good pieces to right, it. Right, right. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe even some other Notre Dame teams along the way under Brian Kelly. I do like the playmakers on this one. I think they have to out-athlete Virginia, and they can kind of out-athlete Virginia when Florida State now, Florida State has great athletes offensively, and, and actually a pretty good offense this year, Florida State. But mm-hmm. they are a valid athlete. Now that James Blackman bit. has settled in, yeah, and yeah, not that he was great last week, but no, but he's they, the, that's not their problem, right? <laughs> the right. Offense is not Florida State's problem, right? Right. But just I know, we keep bringing them up because I watched that whole game to, to kind of prepare. But I like Notre Dame's ability over the course of the game to make plays against Virginia's defense. I love Virginia's scheme and everything they do, and I and I know Mendenhall. Calls a really good game. I've yeah. watched him call a really good game. I think it's easier to call a really good game against a Brian Kelly team that's one dimensional. But these guys, with Claypool in the passing game and Book, he can mitigate that a little bit. Now, if this was Wimbush, I'd be really concerned about Notre Dame scoring points in this yeah, game. Yeah, I agree. And I think you know a lot of times we predict this, and I don't know if it comes to fruition, but I do think that this is a game where I think we exchanged texts the other night while I was watching this that. You know, some swing passes to Tony Jones Jr. with as aggressive as as um, as Virginia is uh, attacking the line of scrimmage, I think Chip Long will find some opportunities to swing the ball to Tony Jones, maybe Avery Davis as well. If Jafar Armstrong was healthy, he certainly would have some opportunities. And I think it's probably a uh, it's probably a big day for the tight ends again. Yeah, uh, well, Cole Komet makes it huge. No doubt, it's, it's, and I and I think Tommy Trumbull will be involved this week as well. And we have a question about that that we'll get to later. The Trumbull commit pairing. Um, yeah, I, I like Notre Dame's playmakers in this matchup. I I don't think it will be easy. I think there's going to be some mid game, second, third quarter where there's they've made adjustments. I mean Mendenhall in Virginia, and there's some pulling teeth offensively because if you can't run, it's difficult. It, mm-hmm. it really, and it's not like Book has ridiculous arm talent to, to just go win the game. So right. Long has to call a very good game consistently. Um, I do expect Notre Dame's. I expect Notre Dame to come out with a lot of misdirection stuff they did against Georgia. I thought that first half was beautifully called by Long. It was. Um, the second half was different. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you often wonder why you can't if you can come out with a, if you can come out with with a set of plays to begin with. Not that you have to necessarily go back to those, but you can give them the same look and do a variation right. off that, or you can go back to some of those plays. I know easier said than done, sure. but it bogged right. down. You know, nine plays, 19 yards in the third quarter, bogged down, and it allowed Georgia to come back and play. I do want to mention a few of the Virginia players because their names will come up because they're yes. so aggressive. They have a six foot seven, 235 pound outside linebacker, Charles Snowden, number 11, who really is getting after the quarterback. After the quarterback. They have 20 sacks. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, these are linebackers. Jordan Mack has five. Zane Zandier has, Zandier, I'm sorry, has two. Snowden has three. Joey Blunt's a safety. He has two. Noah Taylor's a linebacker. He has three. So the bulk of their sacks have come from the back eight. And when you look at all everybody except for Zandier, it is they also have a bunch of official quarterback hurries, which in real life means they have even more than that because they're not. They, they look, they, you don't score quarterback hurries the way college right. football. Right, Snowden has seven already. So you're probably looking at yeah. ten. The guy has five. He's probably got seven. A safety coming up has three. He's probably got four or five. It's, it's just the way it is for Notre 25 Dame. Twenty-five official quarterback hurries, so probably more like thirty-five right. in reality. Right. So that's that, I mean, that's something to deal with because Ian Book, he's not infallible at the pre-snap read, and and this. No, this comes we, from everywhere. Yeah, we thought he'd be further along at this stage. It's still only, let this be his 14th start, which, you know, coaches coaches will say quarterback 14th start, and they don't think that's a lot, whereas 
We do. We, yeah. we, you know, we, well, we tend to think that that, that is. three year starters. No, like... no. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, back end of the defense, Bryce Hall is their, their corner that they thought was going to turn pro but didn't and came back. I will say, you know, he's, he's active. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? He got beat deep in the last minute against Florida State and Blackman overthrew the ball. That should have been a touchdown. It would have been a tie game, and and who knows how it ends up at that point. So, um, you know, that's why I say Notre Dame is in a position to use Virginia's aggression against them, yeah. provided that your offensive front can can pick up all the blitzes and everything that's happening. Your your t- Tony Jones Jr. again. We have a question about whether they're going to be able to use their young running backs against a defense like this. It makes it difficult, uh, although. Brian Kelly pointed out a couple times about how well Sebo Flemister was pass blocking against New Mexico. Now, this is Virginia, not New Mexico, but they have weapons. And so just be aware that Virginia's defense is going to make plays. It's just the nature of their defense. And Notre Dame has to conversely take advantage of those plays they're attempting to make at various times, as you pointed out. I think the two things to look for are how many clean pockets does Ian Book get and how often does he trust a clean pocket when he has one? Well, that's just it because you don't know his reactions don't necessarily reflect what is actually happening around him. And he has to be very patient in a game like this because otherwise he's going to see bodies flying at the line of scrimmage at the snap and he's going to he's going to abandon the pocket early. Yeah, and the three I mean, you mentioned Avery Davis. They're they're going to keep running jet sweep action if Tony Jones is the main runner because they have to. They have to find another way to move the ball. The 3-4, I mean, if played right, and you're setting the edge on the 3-4, the jet sweep is tough. It, it can be tough, but yeah. you can fake. It opens up a lot of things on no, jet sweeps. If, you have to, if you're going to play way wide to take away the jet sweep, it opens up right. a lot in the past. And Chip Long is generally good at adjusting to those kind of things. A couple other people I want to mention. Joe Reed, their wide receiver, number two. I really like him. He's a weapon for them. Uh, he had a 100-yard kickoff return against William & Mary, but he has four in his career, which is two more than any other Virginia player in history. Uh, Nick Grant, was that a guy that you said you yeah, like the, the, the other, other corner, corner opposite Bryce Hall? Um, I often don't like it when you like the other corner besides the All-American. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I yeah. impressed me. No, he made some plays. Their kicker, Brian Delaney, is 5 of 8 on field goals. He missed an extra point uh, in the Florida State game that would have made it 24-24. The offense ended up bailing him out, scoring a touchdown, and then um, Perkins scored a two-point conversion, so they won by 7. So... He's a little bit inconsistent. I saw their punt returner, Billy Kemp, who uh, I saw him drop a punt. Um, he recovered it. but So they're, they're a little erratic there, but Joe Reed's a guy to keep an eye on in the kick return game. And one thing I like to point out in these situations, since if you're not at the game, it's easier to watch the perimeter, obviously. Um, Bryce Hall plays the boundary, it's, but... Against Florida State, he did. I asked Jamie Oaks. He, he was moving around. Right. He had ex- so he's going to be on Chase Terry's Claypool. A good player. Yeah. I think he'll be on Chase Claypool, even if Claypool moves around. Uh, <laughs> but with Nick Grant coming out of the field spot, that's a that's an interesting matchup for Lawrence Keys or Michael Young. Yes, Chris, you want to yeah. get Fink back inside. You want to get Fink back. I inside. still think Chase Claypool can have a big game here. Despite I think Chase that Claypool matchup. can also go to X. Well, that's true because that's right, what, and maybe maybe it, we yeah. see more uh, Javon McKinley than just, we did. Just last to put week a bow on Bryce Georgia. Hall without comparing him, he he had as many passes defended last year as Julian Love had in his best year. Mm-hmm. So he's a good yeah, player. He's it's, a good player. They have good players. Nordame should still win, but just trying to let people know that it may be a bit of a slog at times. Yeah, and trying I to make inroads. If you get thunderstorms and rain, like you could get during Which the game, it really slogs yeah. a little bit. Yeah. 
All right, that's everything we know about Virginia. We'll talk a little bit more Virginia in segment two and take questions from our readers in Burning Up the Boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning Up the Boards, brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with a 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrator readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. We start with a question from Mel Ham, and that question is, with your connections to the program, what's the vibe coming out of the Georgia game? Happy not to get blown out, should have won, played over their heads and could have stolen one. We are ready to win the rest of the games. I think they're being pretty consistent with how the last the theme of the last few years is there's not a lot of looking back and they do a good job of not looking all the way forward. The one thing they cannot do is look all the way forward. They're not ready to win the rest of the games. They're ready to win <laughs> this game. They're ready to win this game. The only people ready to win the West excuse me, can't even talk. The rest of their games are people that need internet. Hits. Yeah, and I actually addressed this in, in today's uh, Thursday thoughts. And I, I, I'm not smart. I'm not smart enough to project beyond this weekend's game. What if game. Jafar Armstrong comes back and just well, that's what, hurts his abdomen again against Right, USC. that's what I'm saying. What if? What if? Uh, they run on the table without him. What if? Is it Dylan McCaffrey? Is that his first name? Yeah. What if he becomes the answer, a quarterback for Michigan between now and then? What if? You know, Ian Book, I mean, you can, there's so many what-ifs. I'm going on about something that has nothing to do with the question, so I'll change this, the subject. But happy not to get blown out was not the sentiment at all. They did not. They believe they should have won the game. Absolutely. They, they believe they should have won, won the game. game. They, don't, they don't believe that they played over their heads. Maybe they did. We they don't believe that. We uh, won't know that after this weekend because there is human nature involved here. I want to caution, like you've been cautioning about what you could see tactically on the field. As much as you talk about being focused, it is not possible to be as focused for Virginia as you were for Georgia. No, and there's there's the physical. I know you try to recover. You do all the things to recover, but the combination of mental and physical tying them together the way you just did the previous week is very difficult to do. We should never be surprised when a team is flat. We should never be surprised you know, when there's an upset out of nowhere. It happens all the time every where in the country? To Brian Kelly's credit, it used to be an absolute guarantee for Notre Dame's program starting in 1990. <laughs> Think about that. That they would lose a, game, a... lose a game they're favored not to lose. Yeah. I mean, every year except for, I believe, 2000 when they didn't play. They could have lost to Air Force. They could have lost to anybody in overtime that year. Right. They lose games they're not supposed to lose. Brian Kelly has avoided that three times because 2015, it was just two really good teams, peers. So right. they can avoid it. They can. But... I feel like they believe they should have won. You and I both believe they had just as good of a chance to win as Georgia. Well, and Khaled Kareem believes that they are ready to win out based upon his good, strong well, comments. <laughs> hopefully they have explained to him that you got to win this one no, first. of course. So. Of course. Of course. TK Browns. The situation was much different then, but the Irish lost a bidding war for the services of Mike Elko. Not saying Clark Lee or Chip Long would do it, but at this point, would it be completely unacceptable for the Irish to be outbid for them other than for a head coaching opportunity? First of all, I don't think Clark Lee or Chip Long would do what Mike Elko did. 
not saying Mike Galco's a bad guy. Come he, back three times for more money is what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean... Just jump ship. Yeah, and and, and he, he was paid a ridiculous amount, so I understand where he was coming from. I don't think either one would do that, uh, but I don't know that for sure. As far as it being completely unacceptable for Nordium to outbid... I, I just can't agree with that sentiment. I think there's a line that you have to there draw. Was a line drawn, yeah. There and Nordame drew it. It was a it was a very high reaching line that Texas A and M had drawn. Uh, I I'm sorry, I'm not of the mindset that that Notre Dame would have to outbid um, be, because the numbers could be absolutely outrageous. And you, when you set a precedent, there's no turning back after that. No, I agree and. Mike Elko took a ton more money to not make the playoffs while Notre Dame made the playoffs when he left. I realize it was because of Clark Lee, in in large part that they didn't that, that they didn't right. overhaul that they didn't overhaul the defense. But the bonus that Mike Elko probably would have gotten from Notre Dame wasn't going to match the raise that he got from no, Texas. But I'm saying, like it wasn't un- if you felt unacceptable, then the guy took off. He's nowhere near the playoffs. Notre Dame's already made the playoffs without him. It's I would really not want. Clark Lee to leave anytime soon. No, and, Clark, be- and and I'm not saying that Clark Lee is Mike Elko, but man, he's trending quickly yeah. to Mike Elko. He's doing a tremendous job. I, none of us thought that he, what they did what they could do what they did against Georgia last week. The stat that Brett McMurphy keeps putting out about teams not giving up 30 points in consecutive games yeah. has taken on new meaning now that Georgia was no doubt. way below no doubt about 30 it. points in that game. CJ Natch Tagal, two games in a row now, Asmar Bilal has played very well. Is it time to start believing he may have turned the corner, or is it still too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell that he turned the corner, but he's trending up. He's two straight games in a row against disparate offenses where he's played well. Um, I did not think he would play that well against Georgia. He played. He was the third best linebacker, but he played great. <laughs> he really no, did. He, he he had a very good game against Georgia. Um, the two disparate offenses, I know one of them was just New Mexico, but... I think that's a significant point. He was recognizing everything. Yes. Compared to... And and against Georgia, you know, I always talk about body language. He was reading. He was reacting. He was hesitating when he wasn't sure exactly what he saw, and then he'd react again. It was... His body language told me everything that he was seeing, it was computing. You know how Brian Kelly always talks about once he knows what he's doing, his physical traits are really impressive. That shape, I know Fromm's not fast, but Jake, Asmar Bilal running after Jake Fromm in the red zone caused that interception that, or incomplete pass that was almost a touchdown. Right. That was an athlete right there. No, he there's, was flying. There's no doubt that, that Jake Fromm knew that he was being pursued by a big yes. athletic Exactly. And that, if he's not, that's a touchdown. Yeah. That's waits one half second and throws the touchdown pass. Marty Mahoney, three. With Cole Komet back, it seems like the coaching staff is going with Tommy Tremble over Brock Wright. Do you see that continuing? I do, at least this week. I, I, I definitely think that Tommy Tremble is a part of the equation at tight end with Cole Komet this week. Brock Wright, despite losing the weight, is still limited as a receiver. Um you know, he did have what would have been a touchdown had had Georgia not called a timeout, which kind of spoils the, the use of that play a little bit now moving forward, or at least in the short term. But, yeah, Tommy Trumbull, uh, they, I, I think Nordane loves the matchup that the tight ends give them, and those two tight ends over Brock Wright give you a better matchup. I think Tommy Trumbull's receiver skills are more valuable than Brock Wright's blocking skills right now. There's and that's not to say that Brock... Brock Wright won't play. No, but he is with Tommy Tremble's emergence. He Brock Wright is back to, 
you know, a guy that's pretty much of a, a blocking tight end. Plus, and, Tony Tremble gives you the weapon of if McKinley doesn't do that, if it's not New Mexico. Let's say going forward, Javon McKinley is just a guy that, like, against Louisville is catching one pass for 11 yards. Right. If Braden Lindsey is not capable of getting away from Virginia's secondary, Nick Grant and Bryce Hall, because they're, they're really good in coverage. Tommy Tremble is a tough guy to cover when you have Komet and Claypool on the field. So I just think what he brings, if Michael, I don't expect Michael Young to hit the ground running like Cole Komet did this week. So I think Tommy Tremble this week is an important piece of like two, three catches, not the one. That was a beautiful play, by the way, the Tommy Tremble uh, fourth quarter. Is, yeah, is and then, right. And then Book on first down makes the bad decision on the interception. I actually agree with the majority of the fan base that didn't like the flea flicker call. Now it's in retrospect, but. Have you looked at the safeties on that play? While Tony Jones has the ball, while he has the ball to run, neither safety has taken a step forward because they don't need to. <laughs> like, they're just, they know what's happening. They, not that they know that the flea flicker's coming. They know that the front seven's cleaning up Tony Jones. Yeah. You can't get them at that point of the game. No. That was the issue with that. Love the safety play on both sides of the ball <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. game. It was tremendous. Uh, Burbs Ray, Virginia fans seem to think the Cavalier offense is extremely inept and will not be able to score on Notre Dame. It seems their quarterback is a lot like New Mexico's, a running threat, but struggles in the passing game. Do you agree? Not with the latter. Bryce Perkins is 10 times better than the one-dimensional running back I, they had at quarterback we, in New Mexico. That's just false. Tavaka Tuioti, yeah. we won't remember that. But he didn't even get to play. No. Was, <laughs> you know, it was Sherry and Jones that was out there half the time. Well, in the first yeah, half yeah, and then, yeah. then in the but, second half. But no, I, I disagree with the second premise that he's completing 65% of his passes. It's not pretty, but he finds a way to be successful in the passing game. Coming into the year, he was one of the top 5 to 10, depending if you have broke down film or just watched highlights, dual threat guys in the country. Yeah, no um, doubt. He, now, according to Jamie Oaks from our Virginia site, Wahoo 24-7, he doesn't think Bryce Perkins is the same after a sprained MCL. I mean, I will trust him on that more than me watching him play Florida State right. and Pittsburgh. But, no, I disagree with the last part. I do think Virginia's going to have trouble to score on Notre Dame, but not because they're inept, but because Notre Dame has a good defense. He threw 25 touchdown passes last year. I mean, and he ran for 11, right? 11 or 12. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, no, at, he's, about, he's at about 41 to 11 in turnover touchdown ratio. He so. has no chance of playing quarterback on the next level, but in college, he's Got very good. And he's yeah. right. And he's comp. He, he, he is completing 65% of his passes. Is he a 65% passer? Probably, Probably not. not yeah. But, again, with his feet, he creates opportunities in the passing game that's difficult to stop that. Golden Domer, 73. Against a mobile QB like Perkins, do you see the linebackers maintaining and building on the success and improvement they had against Georgia? Or do you see their play being along the lines more of Louisville and New Mexico where they have option responsibility and have to deal with a quarterback taking out of the pocket? Yeah, there's a lot of backfield movement. Um in in Virginia's offense, the their their problem. I mean, they've got two juniors and three sophomores. They had a Penn State grad transfer that um, suffered a. I, I think it was a knee injury and is out for the season. Um, so I mean, it's not a great offensive line. Um, not a huge offensive line. Um, I, I maybe somewhere in between. I think Notre Dame's linebackers are. Really, really emerging. Um, I, I, there's no reason why they shouldn't have a good game against Virginia's offense. I think game four helps too. It, look, their eyes, their, their eyes were lying to them in games one and two a little bit, right? Or they shouldn't even say in, in game one. Game one, that was a weird 
so much man responsibility. I don't understand it against a quarterback that can't throw that well. I guess you know well, what? They, I guess he, if he, he changed that up. Pass, yeah, he did. With the first two drives was yeah. strictly man. Almost. Yeah. Um, I think the fourth the fourth game helps. The fifth game is going to help. The sixth game is going to help. But these linebackers, that these guys are young starters. And Asmar Bilal, I know he's a fifth-year player, but he's in a new world for himself. Yeah, I think I, of the three, I think Drew White will be the most consistent from start to finish. He just yeah. has you know, very good linebacker instincts. He knows how to play the position. I think he understands what Clark Lee wants him to do, which is why I've compared him to, to Joe Schmidt. I think there are a lot of similarities there that what you're lacking physically – make up for it in just knowledge of the system and instincts for the for defensive football. I think that uh, we should have seen it coming a little more with Drew White going to win the job when he was beating out younger, supposedly more talented guys and veteran guys. that Not more talented, like John Jones and some right. older guys, but right. he beat out every level of the competition. Um, I do think the linebackers will play much better in their responsibilities than New Mexico. I mean, New Mexico's are not... Here's not as locked in either. The, the amount of film they watch on their own against New Mexico is probably less than they had yeah. of whatever television they watched that week on your own. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure how much they, they were watching Georgia film. I'm sure they they were preparing for Georgia on their bye week. I'm sure it continued a little bit, and they won by 150 points. Yeah. So it's not that big right. a deal. But I do think it'll also look better because they won't be subbing in linebackers as much as they did against New Mexico and Louisville. I think they've settled in. Yeah, I think they have too. I think you still need to, sure. like next week, Bowling Green, yeah, you have yeah. opportunities to mix those guys in. But with one loss, there's the margin for error now, obviously, when, when you look at the big picture. Uh, they need their best players out there a majority of the time. Who's up, me? Irish Gambler. Statistically, Virginia's defense is stout. Do you expect a more balanced offensive attack this week, or is the passing game where the advantage will be? I think the answer to the question is both. I, I expect more balance. I, I, I think I think it would be, you know, 14 rushing attempts. I will officially Nine by the running back. <laughs> I will side with anyone that said that was too few if it happens again. I don't know what they would have done last week with running, other than not gaining yards. But this time, you have to run for the sake of run. You do, and you're going to run yourself into some run blitzes that are going to blow it up. Yeah, I mean, so it'll be interesting to track how many how many stuffs uh, are involved here. But I think the answer is is a combination that they're going to they are going to run more. The the rushing attempts are going to be into the twenties. Yes, uh, but that. the advantage is in the passing game if you can pick up their blitzes. Way to go, K man. Well, Notre Dame. Use their defensive ends to contain Bryce Perkins or use a linebacker to spy on him or both? Both. Always both. Um, you do have to maintain your rush lanes a little bit better against Perkins. Might, but, uh, yeah, that's over really... doesn't work either because that takes away a defender that's covering the middle of the field and the release routes and everything like right. that. So it's, you really have to... You, it, you know, everybody's making a big deal about Kareem and Okwara. They need to stay disciplined and stay in their, their passing lanes and be one eleventh of the defense, and you will you will have success. If you can if you can keep him bottled up in a pocket, you're not going to do it all day. He's too elusive to, to do it all day. But if you can do that a majority of the time, he's not going to be a sixty five percent passer. He's a sixty five percent passer right now because of what he does outside yeah. of the pocket, not standing back there and looking at defenses. And he really he really steers the ball around the field. It's really ugly. It's really an ugly. Steers is never doesn't sound good at now, all. No, yeah. no. I mean, kind of. I, I'll say Tony Rice had a had a 
had a better had better throwing mechanics, and he steered the ball around the field. You know that whole thing about throwing darts. I was going to say, did you know he threw darts? I've never <laughs> believed in it. I, I mean, I don't. I think that that was poor advice. That was a that's the wrong way to throw a football. But twenty-eight and three. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked for Tony Rice. It worked for Tony Rice. Mister Yips, what do we really have at running back? Can we just stop right now? That's a good question. Can we realistically expect for the balance of the season this position? What can we expect for the rest of the well, season? Well, we'll have a better idea when Jafar Armstrong comes back, which could be, it could be USC. Did not Brian Kelly mention the possibility of USC? Logically, you would have thought the bye week would have helped, but if you can't beat USC one-dimensionally, you might need Jafar Armstrong. Right. Um, definitely, I would say, unless there are setbacks, definitely by uh, Michigan following the bye week. But um, until then, well, as it relates to this week, I uh, let's actually... Um, I was going to tie that into another question. I'm the not sure one. if I, yeah. it is. Um, Air Pirate 73 wants to know when Armstrong is coming back and also what to expect from Michael Young. Yeah, Virginia. Let's, let's stay with the running backs here a little bit. I, I, I just I don't think that, um, you know, I think Tony Jones has to play a lot again just because pass protection responsibilities. He's not, Tony Jones isn't good as a pass blocker. He's very good to great as a, as a pass blocker. So that's important. As far as the balance of the season, I don't know. We'll see maybe a little bit more Jameer Smith. Yeah, that's key. That they, they just—he would have played last week, and well, he would have need, carried five, six times. Yeah, they need—he's a pounder. You know, I mean, he's just—he's a pounder. He's going to run hard, and he's going to run physically every time he touches the football, and that's an asset that everybody needs. And Notre Dame usually doesn't have that. No, he's the key. I think coming back this week more so than Michael Young, even because with Komet and Claypool, you can find another receipt. I, I just—I saw Michael Young wearing a red jersey. In the was it Monday practice? Club? Yeah, he's not wearing a red jersey in the game, so he he's if he's clear. Well, he's I'm get sure Komet was a you know because Komet's first hit was the first play of the yeah. game, so he had, he hadn't been hit either. I don't expect Michael Young to come back like Cole Komet. I don't I don't either. I don't either. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's some inroads there if Bryce Hall is is uh, chasing Chase Claypool mm-hmm. around the field, then then perhaps a possibility. I still think it's more the tight ends than anything else. Do you think Young has a bigger impact than the combination of the rest of the receivers, like McKinley and Lindsey? And let's throw Avery Davis in the passing game in there. The one of the ones that you just mentioned, yeah. I mean, yes, I Combined, would say that. I mean, yes, yeah. Still, okay. I would. I would still I say. I think Tremble's my, probably the next guy in line. Right. That's why I'm. I'm until proven otherwise on Saturday. I'm pointing to the tight ends and Chase Claypool in this game. Denver Maximus. Virginia's defensive philosophy sounds very similar to Pittsburgh's attack from everywhere and make reads difficult for the quarterback. Book struggled against Pittsburgh and is still working on making that pre-snap jump. What do you need to see from Ian Book on Saturday to give you more confidence of his continued growth and how it pertains to the rest of the season? Trust the pocket when it's clean. It's not always going to be clean. Um, When it's not clean, Eyes up, making some plays down the field. Because he could beat you running, but it's not good if he has to run 10 times to, to gain yards against Virginia. There's, right. guys, there's guys coming. I will say one thing about Pittsburgh. That was an all-time letdown game. You have two huge wins. Stanford and that Virginia Tech. Because remember, Virginia Tech was a big deal back then that they beat them like that. Yeah. Well, at, at, their, at, at their, their place. Yeah, at their place. You come back to a Pittsburgh team that just looked... Pedestrian at best, and what, are, what? I mean, you're favored by three touchdowns. That's a hard one to be up for. Yeah, this, this is a lot easier to be up for. A number eighteen Virginia team that's undefeated. That was a major letdown game. And if Book looks like he did against Pittsburgh anymore in start fourteen, then I'm concerned about the rest of the season. 
He can't look like he did against Pittsburgh. He was in the first half. He was completely baffled. I don't think it's going to be pretty, Tim. I, I don't. I don't. This. I, I. The book critics, I think, are going to come out again. Yeah, I do. I really. I really do. I'm By the not, way, I really thought he played his butt off. No, he played. I, I. I know he's not perfect, but I. No, but when I heard people coming out of the Georgia game criticizing Ian Book, it's like, my God. I mean, what? What is? What did you want out of him? I don't. Well, other than, I mean, I, I didn't like the decision on interception by, no, by no, Reed. No, no, we were not saying he's perfect. It's just he right. battled like... I don't, think, I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is like Virginia's defense. I think, they, I think they're big on hats in a the box. They're not, they, they're not attacking the line of scrimmage from the back right. seven or eight the way Virginia is. Uh, certainly not with the... Virginia's secondary, any one of those guys can come at any time uh, on the pass rush. Um. I think right. Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's more just guys in the box and and not not as aggressive as Virginia's. I could be wrong there. One thing I should give book credit for: if he goes fourteen for fifteen with two touchdowns in the second half against Virginia, like he did against Pitt when we we're all ragging on him, his worst yeah. game, they'd probably be okay. They will be okay. B- and, oh, go ahead. That's you. BWAC twenty nine. If Ian Book plays the same way uh, he has thus far, I don't see him making a great impression on NFL scouts. Assuming the same level of play, does he stay or does he go? Let's start with that question first. I mean, I know he's planning on this being his last year. Same level of play. I mean, right now he's incredibly highly rated quarterback. But yes. Um, for the first time, I could see Ian Book thinking he should come back to work in his game. Yeah, let's let's wait. Year. Let's wait till let's wait till after this game, I guess. How about after my... USC? Well, the bye week, it's a good time to no, review. No, you're right. You're you're right. Review Seven games about. in, about yeah. the halfway point, a little um, past. I know. I mean, look, people just didn't want to believe it. I just felt like I thought Ian Book should leave. I just asked him a question, and he answered incredibly honestly, and it was surprising yeah. to me. I, I don't blame him, though. He was a star going to that Clemson game, right? Yeah, but that last year was a little premature, man. Come on. I, I, he wasn't going to go last year, but I think he wanted to get evaluation to see what he had to work on for this year. That's but why all, he wants but, but all they give him is a as a round, right? They don't they don't give him a detail. Do they give detail. you, feed, they they give you give feedback it? of what you're supposed to work on? Yeah, I'd be interested to find out exactly what they do. But I, the second part of the question: Would you rather have higher production for me and book this year, or have him back next year? I've got an easy answer for that. I'd answer it the same way, ninety nine times out of a hundred. <laughs> you want your instant gratification, or do you want him back next year? Hey, you, if, <laughs> I, who cares about next year? <laughs> next year, <laughs> now, 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 next year's next year. Will, will they be in a bind without Ian Book next year? Probably, probably. But you don't. You're looking for twelve again. Is what you're again, me. we're always looking yeah. toward the end of the year. We always want to skip games. Look toward the end of the year. Now we're looking towards next year. Yeah, because if he has bad production this week, then. My prediction is going to be wrong. I want Ian Book, for Notre Dame's sake, to be as best as he can be right now. That's the only thing that matters right now. ND1012, do you think Chip Long calls Michael Young and Cole Komet's number a lot Saturday? With that said, do you think Notre Dame continues to throw the ball more than 40 times until Armstrong comes back? Well, we think it, I think it's Cole Komet. Um, and with that, uh, continue to throw the ball 40 times. And not necessarily, although I don't think that the disparity in the distribution is going to be as great this week, but it's there's still going to be a disparity because of the nature because of the nature of the defense that you're facing. But I will say this. You know, there are some big runs in there too if you get past that first wave yeah. you know, attacking the line of scrimmage. So 
you know, there there could be there could be some long runs against this defense where you weren't you weren't projecting that against Georgia. I don't know enough about Michael Young's health, but I know Cole Komet's superhuman in terms of healing ability because he just came back from a broken collarbone and tore up Georgia. But I can't imagine Michael Young tearing up Virginia in his first game back. Yeah, I just there's no I, Claypool's the number one weapon. Komet's the number two weapon. Fink and Keys this week. I don't know if Young gets more action than Tremble in his first game back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just he's we got can seven we catches, can, right? We, in his career. Yeah, I mean, like, we can speculate about yeah, how much he's going to play, but maybe maybe after Thursday night with Brian Kelly, we'll have a little bit better idea of that. But but I you know I just it's a tight ends game. Statman seventy two, and we actually have. Uh, two. two. Well, I, th- I thought they were both good questions, <laughs> so I put them back to back. So let's start with the first one with Statman72. The coaches didn't trust the backup running backs to handle the environment in Georgia. Will they trust them to handle the exotic blitzes Virginia employs? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Now, again, Brian Kelly was commended Siebel Flemister for his pass blocking against New Mexico, but this is this is more difficult. This is definitely more difficult, and I think when all is said and done, I think it depends on maybe how much Notre throws. I don't necessarily know. He's not going to throw. I mean, if he has to, he will. But I don't think he's going to throw 47 times again. No. I'm not, I don't think he probably throws 40 times. I don't times. think he throws 40 either. I don't think there's enough plays in this game offensively to throw 40 probably either true. way. Yeah. Um, I will say Jameer Smith, if he's healthy, he better get 8 to 10 carries. It's time. Yeah, I want that physicality. Yeah. I, I, I want that physicality. And that's a that might be a good call when you're um, when you're thinking they're going to run blitz, which they will. Yeah. It's... He, he would have he helped against Georgia, Jameer Smith. I know he's not a proven player. I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overrating Jameer Smith. I love the way he attacks when he runs. Yeah, I do too. They just didn't have that. I think, I think all of Notre Dame world would like to see him get some more opportunities yeah. to see if he can see if that's legit. Um, second from Staten in 72. Fans were largely dissatisfied with wins by 18 and 52 and largely satisfied with a six-point loss. What is the minimum performance against Virginia that would keep fans satisfied for another week? Where you don't feel like... The game's the outcome's in jeopardy. Right. Fourth, so fourth quarter, it would take a giant swing in momentum for Notre Dame to lose right. the game type thing. So Notre Dame's up by double double digits at halftime. Scores first in the third quarter, so they're up by more. Right. And is never in single digits in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That you don't want Notre Dame to be up eight nine in like the end of the third quarter. That that would be that comfortable. Yeah. So in, you know, minimum performance to keep people satisfied. Where where it's not in doubt, you get off to a strong start. Know, strong start. Now Virginia's been getting off to strong starts and, or I'm sorry, slow starts slow and starts. then having to come back. They won't again. They won't come back against Notre Dame. I don't think if Notre Dame gets a good. I think I think that I think Notre Dame's defense, their defensive front, their pass rush, the back end of their defense is too good. Um, for that to happen. For the word satisfied, strong start, solid middle, strong finish. There you go. That's what you think you look for there for you go. this week. Our last question comes from NDFan1RAA. How does Nordame avoid the classic hangover game? If they knew it and had a formula, they well, they wouldn't release it, but they would use it all the time and not have hangover games. This doesn't have the feeling of the preseason hangover we all predicted. Right. It really doesn't for because, me. Because of the way the because Georgia the way game transpired. Right. Yeah. Even if they won, I don't think it would have been... I think they would have been refocused to win this game yeah. as well. There's a hangover game coming. Um, I think it's in November, somewhere along the way. I feel like the Virginia Tech game is a hard one not to have a hangover against Michigan. Because you're either back in the national title hunt, 
with one loss and a road win, it wins over USC and Michigan since, or you lost, or and boy, does your season stink. Going yeah. up, not stink, but feels like it stinks as a, as a player. Um, this, I don't I don't feel a hangover game coming. I just think Virginia's got a good D. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, you know, again, another example of trying to project something in the preseason as to how it relates, even in the third yeah. game of the year. It doesn't... The, really cir- the, cir- anymore, the circumstances think. have changed. I am concerned about the physical bounce back of it all. Yes, but but you know what? They're not overly taxed right now. Notre Dame, New Mexico bye week, New Mexico, Georgia. That they've had worse going into game four. I mean, they used to have Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Stanford going into game four. That's just crazy times. You know, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, I hadn't actually hadn't thought about. It. Yeah, no, that's true. That is, they're they're yeah. better off than they normally are going into game four. So I, I, you know. I, I think it. I think this game could look like a hangover game, but it it isn't necessarily just because of the nature of Virginia's defense and some of the some of the problems that they can they can gum up the works of the offense. Yeah. And Notre Dame's offense without a running game is a little gummed up to begin with. I feel like there'll be offensive inefficiencies for Notre Dame in this game, and people will call it not being ready to play. But just I think Virginia's yeah. got a good D. Can we can we all keep that in mind that it may. You know, there may be some struggle here, and it's not... The over-under is what you should be looking at. It's not because the coaching staff sucks. No, it's not. As as people like uh, (laughs) to jump on. Okay, that's enough. We will be... uh, My prediction. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My prediction will be on uh, Friday. I think it's going to end up being fairly similar to Tim O'Malley's. I want to get into my prediction that Notre Dame's defense is the best unit on the field. That's why I'm trying to come up with a number in this. Along with offensive inefficiencies, so I'm in the 23, or excuse me, 27-13 range. It's either four touchdowns and they don't get the field goal, or three good touchdown drives and a couple of field goals for Notre Dame. And I don't believe Virginia has to score two touchdowns in this game. They could. I could be wrong. It could be 27-17, but I'm I'm in the 23 or 27-13 range. Subliminally, something's trying to make me say 23. Apparently, but. I like Notre Dame's defense as the best unit on the field for 60 minutes. I think Virginia's defense is 2A, and Notre Dame's offense is 2B. Mm-hmm. And I think Virginia's offense is 4. Does that make sense? I'm not exactly sure. So, Virginia's offense is, by, is I think, of the 4, the least impressive. Okay. Oh, okay, I got so, you. So, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure how much. I think the Virginia defense the Notre Dame offense is, gonna, is a good matchup. Okay. I think Notre Dame will get them a few times. But I think if... I think part of it they're going to get him is because Virginia's going to keep going back on the sideline offensively yeah. from Notre no, Dame's defense. Notre Dame is planning on Virginia's aggression hurting them, and they're going to take advantage of some Agreed. big plays. I agree. That That's how you get more than 27. You take advantage of more yeah, big plays. Exactly. Exactly. Tim O'Malley and Tim Priester will be back Saturday, uh, our pregame incident analysis, on the field in Notre Dame Stadium. Maybe in the press box in Notre Dame Stadium yeah, if right. it's raining because there is a possibility – the last forecast I saw was high of 70 uh, with a good chance of rain. So we will see. I think we'll probably have a better hint on Friday because I think it's moving in a little bit earlier than that. But one way or another, we will be, uh, we'll come to you from Notre Dame Stadium when Notre Dame takes on Virginia Saturday. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.